0: Well, I'm going to try and practice uh, what was just sung in that word, in that song called Peace. That I'm going to let the peace of Christ guide my thinking. and I'm going to yield uh, to him right now because sometimes the distractions, hey, look, a squirrel can really throw you off. So let's, let's dig in. In fact, uh, let's, let's pray first. Um, Heavenly Father, thank you for this privilege of being able to meet online. A hundred years ago, this was impossible. People were absolutely alone in their own worlds when it was a pandemic time for them. And we've got this thing called the internet and can still meet, still encourage. We've got it so good. So Lord, thank you for this. Thank you for all those that are watching. I pray that uh, they will all be encouraged encourage me. May I be encouraged through what's shared this morning as well. I pray this in jesus name i also pray for this family in guelph that uh, mark and joy are ministering to through practical love in action pray for their grief um there's no words right now when a parent loses a, a child let alone two uh in one accident so father we pray for your peace in their family as well we pray this in jesus name amen all right let's uh let's dig in um we've got a pretty we're gonna well we're following up from last week but i, I have a preamble to my message um that i want to share with you i thought it was really good I, I don't know who the um, who posted this i, I forgot and I, I i tried to find it but i can't so a friend of mine posted this and it was really really cool i love this so um paul says in philippians 4 6 don't be anxious for anything this verse has been used as a clobber verse by many believers and churches and pastors to make you feel guilty for feeling anxious or afraid or whatever. And they're saying, stop it. you not allowed to just, you know, the, and they just wag, wag their finger at you and it creates guilt and shame um, unnecessarily. So that's why I really appreciated this. So the writer says, please don't see this as a slap on the wrist. If you've ever been anxious, what Paul means is don't hold on to anxiety as the way of doing life, as your default. Don't make anxiety your go-to place where everything you do is about anxiety. Uh, that's, that's not what it's for. So uh, I, I thought that was really cool. Um, then it keeps going. Paul is also not saying that Christians never suffer or Christians never have legitimate uh, distresses. We do. Absolutely. Paul was the kind of guy whose life was cut short by the burdens he carried his whole life. Oh my goodness. Persecution, beatings, mistreatment, and even being ill. But he's saying that our concerns as Christ followers happen in a different context, the context of a relationship with a loving, reliable, consistent God. That's why Jesus says in Matthew, um, Matthew 6, Don't worry about your life and what you will eat or drink, for your Heavenly Father knows you need those. Uh, Here's what you do. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. This is not an invitation to apathy. It's an invitation to prayer. Some people do take it as an apathy. They think, oh, God's going to do it. I don't have to apply for a job. They're going to call me. Oh my goodness, those dishes are not going to get done on their own. The cleaning doesn't get done. The repairs don't get done. The maintenance, the relationships around you, they require effort. Instead, this is an invitation to prayer, as this writer writes. Uh, He writes, Dallas Willard once said, Prayer is just you and God talking about what you and he are doing together when you think oh, sorry when you begin to feel anxious you can begin to talk to god about what you and he are doing together i think henry Blackaby kind of alluded to that too and you know experiencing god series and again you can take it one way or the other but i gleaned some good things from that series and one of the things is look to see what god is doing and join him that's a nice idea but the the point is participation all right there's there's something about participating with god in all that we do he's actively involved there isn't some i really don't think there's some grandiose specific plan if there is he may not tell you the plan is you abiding in him which requires us to rely on god moment by moment instant by instant i think sometimes we have this whole idea of god has a purpose for you um, way too overblown and too selfishly focused. Um, and I used to preach on this. In fact, Bev just chimed in. I made, I made the church leadership team read a book when I first got hired. Oh, my goodness. Ah, it was, I meant, well, and again, I'm not the same per, I am the same person, but I'm, I'm not at the same maturity level as I was uh, 18 years ago when I first came to Hope i'm still growing i'm still changing my my beliefs are developing and growing and being nurtured the roots are going down uh there's been a lot of pruning that's happened it's been beautiful i, I hope that's happening to you as well i hope that you've got some um challenges in your life where uh, your theology is like not the same as it was and you might be in a tense place of what i don't know what i believe anymore and that's okay um you're not alone in this. And maybe God's just walking you through another path right now. And that's kind of what I liked about this um, quote that I shared with you. So today, uh, part six uh, of uh, a series that we're going through, and we talked about different things that are part of the um, foundations for a plan when we navigate forward. Uh, We started this in, in January, because how do we look at this new tension of 2021? How do we look back on 2020 with wisdom? And I think it's a big deal. I think uh, all the stuff I'm covering over these last six messages, they're real put it all together and suddenly you realize wow there isn't necessarily a step that we have to take but there's an essence a foundation of uh, uh, where our feet need to be planted where our mind needs to be focused and last week we were covering a really cool story we we talked about the story of elisha uh praying for his servant to have his eyes open he remember he's standing on the wall and uh the servant sees all these armies around him going oh no we're in trouble we're getting, uh, we're surrounded we're gonna be dead and and Elisha prays, God, can you please open this this guy's eyes to see there's more going on here than he realizes? And boom, the servant sees chariots of fire all around the heavenly hosts the armies of god in the unseen realm and he sees into that it's a, like a almost like a quantum look into our into our um world that's around us um years ago i read a book called and most of you will have read this too this present darkness remember that suddenly we began to be afraid of demons and we we saw angels and demons in every corner because of that book um and, and the book was great, great fiction. Um, is that how things work? Mm, probably not. But if it woke you up to the awareness that there's a spiritual realm, great. Then that alone is a good enough purpose for that book it was it was well done so this continues so this young servant sees i don't know if he's young but the servant sees that uh there's an army around him this i I covered the whole story last week i'm not gonna redo it but then something awesome happens this this i never saw until uh, i was preparing for this lesson um because my lens of who god is is growing wider and bigger and deeper um and the God of the Old Testament confused me for a long time. And it still does. But once in a while, I see glimmers of hope of, oh, my goodness, there it is. There's another proper interpretation of who God is versus all the bad ones or incomplete ones or wrong ones that are written in that Old Testament. Um, they're not all correct. Um, I know. I know that's going to have some people saying, what? what are you trying to say? Don't worry about all that right now. I'm going to show you something else instead. I've already covered that. Elisha reveals a huge misconception about God when he was asked about not about killing the enemies remember they they led the army uh, into the city of Samaria and the king of Samaria says so should we kill them all (laughs) since we got them right here and Elisha says no we don't do that to prisoners in fact feed them and send them home the exact opposite of what the culture says all right Um, this was a snapshot one, another Old Testament snapshot. The more you look, you will find snapshots of a real God. The one that Jesus revealed when he said, no one's seen the Father except the Son. And he's, then he says, the Father and I are, the, are one, we're the same. Okay, this is, this is a glimpse back. Now we take Jesus with us back in the Old Testament and we can see a lot of great stuff. Take a look at this. Uh, uh, this is from another um, a dream that Daniel had. We're not, uh, we're not going to deal <coughs> with this particular story. Um, but, uh, the reason I'm sharing this is, is having our eyes opened that God is at work doing things when we don't realize it. There's more going on around you. Like Elisha's servant saw, Oh my goodness. I never saw those, uh, chariots of fire before. Uh, wow. We got this. Well, yes, we do. And here's a really cool, old testament picture of of god at work even when we don't see it look at this and the man said to me and daniel's talking about his dream daniel you are very precious to god so listen carefully to what i have to say to you stand up for i have been sent to you and when he said this to me i stood up still trembling i'd be trembling too then here it is don't be afraid daniel he says since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your god your request has been heard in heaven i've come to answer your prayer wow that that's the one of the most blunt verses i've ever seen in the old testament that shows that god is engaged in our prayers some of you may be asking legitimately so what is the point of prayer does god even hear prayer does god even does god even care like uh if we're called to pray what's the point because we always say god knows everything right um so if he knows what's going to happen why bother praying if it's all predestined why bother or you know it's just going to happen the way god wants it to and then we get all these control questions is god a control freak blah 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 this story Is about God at work hearing our prayers so why pray well we just heard that previous to this in in that writing from that uh, gentleman that 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 post I shared this is about participating with God this is about coming in prayer to a place of prayer for your benefit All right. This is for you to have your eyes open to the needs of others around you. We just prayed for a family in Guelph. Some of you never knew that that accident happened. You all have stuff going on wherever you're living, whatever state, province, city, you name it, country. You've got stuff going on that the rest of us don't know anything about. But God's opened your eyes to pray for those things because he wants you involved. So it can look like this, um, God brings to my attention somebody, I pray for the situation, suddenly the situation is amazing, wow, God answered my prayer, or, or worse, my prayer did that, ha, 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 look to me now, and now we start to see people over on the base of prayer, and they, they, there's this ego thing that gets involved, well, honest prayer slays the ego, it slays the flesh. It's the yielding. It's the surrendering Say, God. What you got going on? What am I not seeing today? So what is prayer for? It's a conversation between you and your heavenly father. And most of the time, it's him speaking, not you. We need to be quiet more often. Yeah, we're going to, we are, I want to do a series on prayer. I've been meaning to, uh, because I think it's a, such a miss understood thing nowadays especially when we've been deconstructing unlearning rebuilding renovating uh, growing in our faith and having some stuff pruned um, sometimes we have to re- revisit some of these topics like prayer a bible reading what's the point uh, these there's value to these things but maybe not using the same lens we had before so this idea of daniel he's saying hey uh, he's being told from when you began to pray your prayer was being answered do you realize that even even before you begin to pray that your heavenly father's already put those words in your heart you're you're speaking back the words of god and a, a little later we're going to get to that verse that some of you know i'm going to get to that uh, we don't even know what to say and he he's interpreting our groaning it's really cool yep I like what uh, Pritch just said. We can only see the Old, uh, I'm assuming Old Testament through Jesus. What Jesus would do is how the Father would do it. That's right. And when we see that inconsistent in the Old Testament, it, it, it raises a lot of questions. Now, huh, I think Jen- Jennifer's taking a course right now, and it's really rocking her world in a fun way, in a good way, you know, rethinking, revisiting some of these old theologies that we were told what it means. And yet, wait a minute, maybe there's more hope-filled perspectives of the Old Testament. Maybe there's more hope-filled perspectives on the New Testament. Maybe there's more hope-filled perspectives on prayer. So we got, we got lots of great stuff to, to go over and encourage each other with. Let's keep going here. Romans 8, 26 to 28 from the New Living Translation. I love this. This, again, this is about focus. Have your eyes fixed. You don't see everything that's going on. Maybe you need new glasses or a new prescription. What are you focusing on? That's the whole point of today. We're going to wrap this up. We've got about 15 minutes left, uh, tw- uh, 20 minutes left. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness, for example. We don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts, gulp, did you see that? And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Okay, let's not overrun the base on what that could mean. Let's go back first to to the point of this. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Even when you're not praying (laughs) um, and you don't feel like praying. There's prayer going on. Do you ever think about God? Do you ever think, hey, that was pretty cool? That's a cool miracle. Well, that's a great revelation. Never saw that like that, like that before. That is active prayer of God revealing to you, and then your response back. That's it. It doesn't have to be the dear God, oh God, Lordeth, Goddess of heaven and earth, we beseecheth thee before thy throneth. Th- that, what, what's that? If, if you have to use that stuff to either impress somebody or think that's God speaks in King James, you got another thing coming to you. Okay, he created all languages. He doesn't speak in a special slang. <laughs> he, he doesn't speak Canadian. He doesn't speak American. He doesn't speak Pakistani language, uh, Urdu. He doesn't speak. He speaks all of it. He understands it all. He understands our hearts. Because prayer comes from the heart. Heart to heart. So... Let me encourage you, those who are afraid to pray and think they don't know how to pray. There are no rules. There just aren't. Whatever you say. Because even if you get the words mixed up wrong, maybe you even have a selfish motive in your prayer. The Holy Spirit takes our prayer and translates what we're really trying to say. Oh my goodness. We're not talking about prayer today. Sorry. Uh, But this is really quite incredible. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Yep. There's and who's called to according to his purpose? We all are. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay, Rabbitra. Galatians 3:1, Passion Translation. I love the way this is worded. Good morning, Lisa. I see you on there. Yay. Um, what has happened to you, Galatians? Um, So so what has happened to you, Galatians to be acting so foolishly, you must have been under some evil spell didn't God open your eyes to see the meaning of Jesus crucifixion wasn't he revealed to you as the crucified one folks there are times where we're blind to what's really going on um we're blind to circumstances like just recently i'll give you a great example we're all guilty of this i am too but the stupid politics stuff that happened with the election and now with conspiracy stuff with the virus and vaccines and all that stuff you know what here's what's happening that's a vex happening to you to you if you are getting sucked into it so much that you are destroying other relationships you're cutting off people um, and sometimes you got it because they're so toxic. But what I'm talking about is here we are forgetting the purpose of our life. I just finished saying we're not talking about purpose, but there is, it, it's one person. Jesus is our purpose. So what about our focus? Open our eyes to see where we've been foolishly duped. And sometimes we get sucked into a system of religion. We try to be more right than one another and it wrecks relationships. It does not help. So Careful. Don't let politics or things around you become the the distraction from the true you, okay? As soon as you notice that um, you're allowing um, political things, religious things, anything that divides us, uh, stop the conversations and say, no, I value uh, this person too much to engage in that conversation. I'm going to try and redirect. And sometimes you just can't. You just have to say, I'm not listening to that right now <laughs> use wisdom, but I hope you get what I'm trying to say. Ephesians one, four, and he chose us to be his very own joining us to himself. Okay. We're just answering the question of don't you remember Christ crucified? Here's what it looks like. He chose us to be his very own joining us to himself. Even before he laid the foundations of the universe. When, when did this happen? Before he laid the foundations of the universe. That was before Earth was created that was before you were created this is before uh the crosses before before you even had a choice he chose you ouch wait a minute what about my free will yeah what about god's free will <laughs> i think his trumps ours <laughs> if you're going to go down that path because of his great love he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes Uh, with an unstained innocence honestly i think that's right there's a great definition of what sin is not seeing yourself as god sees you and then you act it out that's it it's not about a moral failure it's about not seeing yourself as christ sees you we go into this world to share the gospel well what do we do we tell them how god sees them we tell them what god has done to them we don't tell them, look what can happen if you say these magical hocus-pocus words. Ha! No, this is this is about waking up, awakening to the revelation of Christ has already done it while we were still sinners. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I better stop there. All right, next one. Ephesians 1.8 from the Passion Translation. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is, the wealth of God's glorious inheritance, inheritances that he finds in us, his holy ones. This is identity stuff. We're coming back to this one at the end of the series, because the last part of our foundations is knowing your identity. I never told you that one. There we go <laughs> it's coming it's incredible so I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination and again if the Holy Spirit's actively at work in us pray that your eyes be opened why Why? what's distracting you from seeing <laughs> Colossians 3 1 to 2 since this is good since you have been past tense Raised to new life with Christ. Set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. This should uh, probably, um, I'd say, resolve a lot of issues when we get into fights with one another. Um, Is it going to matter in five years? Yeah, I'm speaking to myself here (laughs) because we all have our little idiosyncrasies that irk us and some of the arguments are not worth arguing about i gotta remember that when my turn comes which is often you know where we have disagreements or animated discussions and passion translation translation says it like this yes feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heaven realities not the distractions of the natural realm which is what we can do with our news if we see too much stuff in, guess what's going to happen? That's going to darken our minds. And yet, there's light in there. So, if the light that is in you is darkness to you, how great is that darkness? Let's let the light in us and re- reveal first of all, first of all, our identity—who we truly are in Christ. Okay, let's live out of that. Love it. Ephesians three we're gonna this this is gonna be a um, a bunch of verses 14 to 21 but it's really really important listen to this when i think of all this i fall to my knees and pray to the father of our lord jesus christ the creator of everything in heaven and on earth i pray That from his glorious unlimited resources, he'll empower you with inner strength through his spirit. This is a great prayer. Now, for those who are wondering how to pray or what to pray, here's a prayer. Pray this. Pray this for your fellow believers and unbelievers. You know, that's it. The only difference between believers and unbelievers is belief. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Oh, that's good. Oh, this is a whole sermon in and of itself. And may you have the power to understand, understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love really is. And here's another great word. May you experience. The love of Christ. Why, why do I have that highlighted? Because I think here in the West, we cognitively have it stuck up here. Yes, God is love. His love is higher, deeper, wider. God, yeah, we sing the songs, we know the verses, blah, 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 and just becomes an intellectual cubbyhole. No, 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 no. There's something to be learned here. This is where we get may get mad at our Pentecostal charismatic friends who are our brothers and sisters because they exhibit more of a, um, a personality style of uh, experience, right? We tend to avoid experience. Um, in the, Just like in, in England, they're much more conservative. Canadians are more conservative. But that's not the only way. There's still a need for all of us to experience experience this truth may we experience the love of christ though it is too great to understand fully then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from god Ooh, experiential completeness you already have full completeness you are already complete you lack nothing but our experience we do not experience everything in its completeness all right some of us are afraid of it because it might make us act out in a way we're not comfortable with so well what risks are you willing to take to experience the love of God finally we wrap it up here verse uh, 20 and 21 now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might think or ask glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever amen oh my goodness. God is at work behind the scenes. Like that servant looking over the castle and finally seeing the chariots of fire. This is your chariots of fire in your life. You may not see it, but it is going on in and around you right now. There's more going on than you possibly can see or perceive. And sometimes God will allow us to open up our minds to, to really See what else is going on. Let's keep going here. Philippians 3, 12 to 14. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing. This is where focus comes in, okay? Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. This does not mean, folks, that we just not look back at all all right this has to do with the obsession of looking back at either failures or look look at what's happened so far there's a negative way of looking back that's very unhealthy and that's what this is addressing because there are ways to look back and realize God has been actively at work look in the past at those who've gone before us that was one of the points of this navigating forward looking back and learning from those who've gone before us So it says, I I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Beautiful, beautiful scripture. In the Passion Translation, it says, I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing, but I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. I don't pretend to be on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. (laughs) I forget all the past as I fasten my heart to the future. Instead, I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. Folks, you gotta read these scriptures in multiple translations. Different writers are going to say it differently, and some of them are going to just peek and tweak and hit you just right. It's going to unlock a revelation for you. Don't stick with just one translation. It is unwise and unhealthy, uh, honestly. If, you, if you're going to stick to one translation as your only source, I think that's a problem. Um, I know some people use different translations, one for devotional, one for this, one for study, as do I. Like You're going to see multiple translations in the messages I share because I think there's value from so many of them romans eight five to eight those who think they can do it on their own end up obsessed with measuring their own moral muscle but never get around to exercising it real life. Those who trust god's action in them find that god's spirit is in them, living and breathing God obsession with self in these matters is dead is a dead end. attention to God leads us out into the open into a spacious free life focusing focusing on the self is the opposite of focusing on god anyone completely absorbed in self ignores god ends up thinking more about self than god that person ignores who god is and what he is doing wow couldn't have said that any better that that is a fantastic summary on focus and romans 8 27 to 28 god the searcher of our hearts knows fully our longings and in brackets it says here or god the heart searcher god searches our hearts not just to uncover what is wrong but to fulfill the true desire of our hearts to be fully his grace triumphs over judgment that's a beautiful thought There. there's a side note yet he also understands the desires of the spirit because the holy spirit passionately pleads before god Uh, for us his holy ones in perfect harmony with god's plan and destiny folks here's something really cool how many times have you um called people hey please pray please pray oh i need more prayer oh i need prayer warriors oh please and they're begging everyone around please pray 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 but there's a, a i think a false belief behind that request and there's nothing wrong with that that request by the way just so you know but sometimes, if you think all these extra people are going to strong-arm God because you need 99 people or 100 people to pray, but you only get 98, and so now God doesn't help, uh, that's incorrect. God is already praying, all right? God's praying through people. He's going to awaken the, the desire to pray for the situation to whomever he wishes. You're okay. If you got Jesus praying for you, you don't need anybody else. You just don't. <laughs> Think about it. Really? <laughs> I think it's powerful. All right, almost done here. Um, Romans 8 27 to 28. Uh, in the, so here's verse 28 from the Passion Translation. So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan, bringing good into our lives, for we are His lovers who have been called to fulfill His design purpose. Oh, yeah. I like what the Mirror Bible says. Meanwhile, we know that the love of God causes everything to mutually contribute to our advantage. His master plan is announced in our original identity, called according to His purpose, means uh, identify by name. This this is this is kind of a wake up call for you who may be struggling with: Is God really at work here? Yes. He's actively involved. But yeah, but what about this pain I'm going through? Doesn't mean he's absent from it. He's in it. What about this direction? Where I just lost my job, lost my house, lost my marriage, lost my kid. And we start to list our losses. How does this verse possibly fit that God's working all things together for the good of those? Well, it works perfectly because God sees something bigger and knows what's going on more than you do. He sees the chariots all around you and already has gone ahead. He knows your direction, your choices and your, his grace is already there. All right. Because he has foreknowledge uh, doesn't mean he's controlling. All right. Not, not in the manipulative kind of way, like a puppet master, but this here, to trust the love of god here's what's going to happen if you believe god's out to get you god's causing all your pain then that's all you're going to see but if you see the love of god is working together in the circumstance in the pain suddenly there's a different peace that you'll have access to that you didn't have access to before thereby experiencing this peace of christ we're talking about even in the old testament prophecies of the coming of christ god foreknew it was told in advance it was written about and it all happened god's at work in this behind the scenes even even if it takes forever uh, i don't think i have time for this but if you go back to a couple of messages ago uh, we were talking about um joseph um in in the story of Meeting his brothers, and he says here when he meets his brothers, he says, he says, don't be upset, don't be angry with yourselves for selling me into this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you, to preserve your lives. Then he says it again: God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you, because his brothers were afraid that they were getting so much trouble, uh, for throwing him in the pit and selling him off and lying about it and then pre- presuming him dead. Well, they should feel bad about that. That was bad. But Joseph saw God's hand was actively actively involved in all that really painful stuff of going to jail um going to jail for something he didn't do and on and on all these really crappy things that happened and God was in each one we don't want to see that or say that or admit that when we're going through trouble we like to eat our own worms out in the garden lick our own wounds and but that's not what this is about it's about looking for the better looking for the light in the darkness don't create more darkness you have and are the light all right be the light so what are you focused on well we're not going to talk about this today because we haven't got time i'm going to uh uh, we're going to flip to just this for now Uh, thank you for being part of this today i hope that as we navigate forward next week we're going to deal with the idea of Um, resolving in advance which is one another foundation Uh, how are you prepped uh, for decision-making when crisis comes what what are your defaults when stuff hits the fan Um, today this and last week was about focusing what are your eyes focused on seeing that there's more going on next week we're gonna uh, we're gonna cover um, okay how do we pre-plan our responses and I think it'll be encouraging I think it's great so we're gonna talk about Shadrach Meshach and Abednego and uh cover some of that stuff. All right. That's it folks. We're finished here. Thank you for participating. Thank you for those that are chiming in. Uh, Teresa, I see you there. Uh, Lisa, hello again from I think you're Saskatchewan, I think so. Um, which is great. Um and I'll look through some of these other comments later. I, it's been fun and for those who are members we're going to go to our zoom call in a few minutes we're not doing the after church uh, coffee zoom today we because we have a, uh, our annual meeting that we got to do and because we normally allow everyone to join in on the annual meeting but this year because it, it's covid and we can't meet in person it's gonna be just easier to only have the members and have the, have the voting and stuff happen um, this year the only thing we need to really vote on is our church budget we don't have any new leaders coming in this year um so but next year i think we do so all right thank you everyone thanks for commenting and uh i hope it was encouraging today we'll catch you all next week thank you so much for watching